Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, on this special day, can you put your hands together in a very powerful way and give praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Now lift up your hands to Jesus and begin to thank him and commit yourself into his hands right now in the name of Jesus. Pray and invite the Holy Spirit to touch you, to visit you today, to reveal himself to you, to glorify Jesus, to magnify the Father in your life today. Give him thanks and praise. Somebody cry out to the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. The best thing I've ever, ever done. Can you sing along with me? The words are out there on the screen. Sing with me. Falling in love. It's a very simple song. With Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever, ever done. Now sing with me. In his arms I feel protected. In his arms, oh yeah, I feel protected. In his hands never disconnected. Oh yeah. Never disconnected in his arms. I feel, I feel protected. There is no place I'd rather, rather be. Singing again in his arms. I feel protected in his arms. Oh, yes, I feel. In his arms, in his arms, oh yeah, yeah, never disconnected. In his arms, oh yes, I feel protected. There is no place I'd rather, rather be. 
Somebody lift your hands to the Lord and sing it again. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love, oh yeah, with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Jesus is the best thing I've ever, ever done. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. We want to thank you, Father, today that while we were yet sinners, you commended your love unto us. Thank you, Father, for drawing us close to yourself. And today, on this special day dedicated to love, we celebrate the greatest love of all, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. For God, you so loved us that you gave your only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for changing our destinies. We were headed straight for hell. Headed straight for terror. Headed straight into the most terrifying place that anybody can ever imagine. But you arrested our descent picked us up oh God turned our lives around and gave us an heritage with the beloved people of God how can we say thanks enough unto you for everything that you've done in our lives and so this morning as we wait on you and as we prepare ourselves to hear your word we ask oh God that speak unto us for our ears are open to your voice And we are determined to hear from you before we leave. I pray that everyone listening to me today will never be the same after this service. But will receive knowledge and instruction and the wisdom to know how to apply them. I thank you Father for today in Jesus mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Give Jesus another hand clap. Give it to Jesus, to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Set in heavenly places today. I have a little boy in the corner who seems to be the best church member for today. Whose child is that? Because I like this boy. <laughs> you should have seen him pacing up and down and praying. As you were standing there stiff like you have been baptized in lemon juice. Bible says that in the mouths of babes and sucklings, the Lord has ordained praise. Remind me to buy yogurt and bull fruit for him after church. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see all of you and welcome to the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. 
right here in the beautiful Shy Hills. Oh, yes, Shy Hills, Asafukui. In the Great Accra region of Ghana. Oh, in Kukukumantemuha. I know that you're not here by accident. And as you open yourself up to receive from the Lord. I know that he's going to touch your life. And he's going to reach out to you in a very powerful way. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Is that not so? And it is a a special day that has been set aside to express love to our loved ones. And today we just decided to dedicate today's service to love. So you are loving, is that not so? And I want you to tell the person sitting by you that sometimes you annoy me. I don't like everything about you. There are times you bore me. But I've made a quality decision today that I will love you. And so I'm telling you today, I love you with the love of the Lord. And you can't do anything about it. Come on and clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. Now, one of the areas that we must advance and progress in life this year is in the area of love. Now, how many of you know that this year is our year of progress and advancement? And it is so clear to me that one of the areas where we must see a lot of progress and advancement in is in the area of love. But the question is why? Why must we advance in love? I'm going to attempt to show you today. And so I've titled today's service. I mean, I've titled today's sermon. It all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. Tell your neighbor, it all comes down. It all comes down to love. Tell another person, when it's all said and done, it all comes down to love. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Reading from verse 34. Matthew chapter 22. And we're reading from verse 34. From the New Living Translation, please. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, there are two groups of people that Jesus always had issues with. The far to see people, the Pharisees. And then the sad to see people, the Sadducees. 
it continues, they met together to question him again. Now, if you read the earlier verses, what happened was that the Sadducees came to ask Jesus a question. They said, Moses said that if somebody marries a woman and he dies before having children, what should happen is that that person's wife should be passed on to his brother. So his wife was to be passed on to who? The brother. And they said, so there were seven brothers and one of them married. He didn't have a child and he died. So his wife was given to the next brother. He also died without having children. So she was passed on to the next brother. And then to the next brother. And then to the next brother. And then to the next brother. Why is he a little kiosk? So now they were asking a question. So during the resurrection, when we get to the new Jerusalem, am I seeing right? Good to see you, bro. He said, in the new Jerusalem, which of them will have the woman as his wife? Because all of them have assessed her. So which of them will end up becoming her husband in the new Jerusalem. So this was the question that the Sadducees asked Jesus. And he explained to them that you are not thinking correctly. In heaven, everybody there is like an angel. There are no husbands. There are no wives. There are no such problems in heaven. I mean, Paul said that when you marry, you will have trouble in the flesh. But whether he said that or not, we have still decided to marry. It is up to him, Paul, if he didn't want to marry. Because marriage is not by force. How many like my reasoning this morning? So after Jesus has sorted out the Sadducees, then the Pharisees also brought themselves. It continues. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Now, it's not every question that you should try and answer. Because there are people who want to trap you by what you say. So, learn this. And it's not everything you should respond to. Learn to behave like some politicians. When they don't want to be trapped by anything. If you ask them a question, 
their responses, I don't have any comments. I don't have anything to say at this time. So learn to do that. I've had to learn to do that in my life. And for me, silence can be the greatest weapon that you can use. It's a way of stating your protest without really saying anything. And some people don't like that. It really worries them. But for me, I believe the saying that silence is golden. So tell the person sitting by you, it's not everything that you must respond to. And it's not every question that you must answer. Am I helping somebody today? So this guy asked, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, the law of Moses, to simplify it, describes the word of God. So under the old covenant, their word of God, or their Bible if you like, was the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets. So put together, that was their word of God. Now the law of Moses had 613 commands. And so this guy, although he had a bad motive, asked a very important question. In effect, what he was saying to Jesus was, there are so many instructions, so many commandments, so many things that we are supposed to do. So out of all these different things, which one is the main thing? Which one is the most important thing? Which one must be upheld more than any other one? I mean, think about it. You know, anytime you had to write a major exam, you wish that you could know where the questions are going to come from. I think it's the temperature here. Now, so when you are Set to write a major exam, you, you wish sometimes desperately that you will know where all the questions are going to come from. Because if you look at the course structure and the syllabus, there are so many things you are supposed to know. So, for example, if you are going to write your BEC exams, all the things you learned or rather all the things you've been taught from class D no they don't ask questions from class 1 so let's say class 5, class 4 class class 3, class 4 class 5, class 6 JHS 1, JHS 2, JHS questions can come from anywhere so there are so many things you've been taught. So many things you're supposed to know. And when the exams are being said, it can be picked from anywhere. So when you have a teacher or a lecturer or an examiner who gives you a hint or two, 
and says to you sometimes in a mysterious way that focus on this section and focus on that segment you realize that you tend to like such a lecture how many are reminded of teachers like that that you like when you were in school my friend try and learn everything and stop following this support thing but I won't lie to you when you have a teacher or examiner who is so kind to you you tend to like that teacher is that not so and the reason is because there's so much to learn and particularly our education system I think there's a serious problem with it and it needs a revamp because the things are too many how many subjects do those in the basic schools do now how many subjects 13. How many? Some about that. Nine. Why? <laughs> Why? A little child. From age five, six. Mm. Five, six. Mm. Five, six. Mm. As is going class six, class seven, class eight. Class nine. Uh, no, no. Sorry. There's not eight and nine. It do I class nine. JHS 1 air class 8 class 7 JHS 2 year class I JHS 3 air class I SHS 1 year class I SHS 2 year class I and then SHS 3 air class I please don't bring yourself this morning leave me to say what I'm saying so many things that they are supposed to learn and I honestly think that there's too much load placed on these little children. And many of the things that we teach them, they cannot apply them to anything. They are not practical. You can't relate with them in a real world. And in our education system, it is chew, poor, pass, and what's the next for Garrett? It's a very fantastic thing. And so when you have an idea about where the questions may come from, it really helps you. And you are very grateful to the one who assists you in such a way. So in effect, what this gentleman was asking is that there are so many instructions about what to do, about what not to do, about those that are important. And it got to a point the leaders of the people decided for them what was more important and what was not so important. So the question that this guy was asking Jesus the reason why it was a trap was to see whether he thinks like the way everybody else thinks. And to see if he agrees with their set traditions. So now Jesus replied. Remember the question was what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind that means you should love God from deep inside 
That's what it means to love God with all your heart. And so when you want to let somebody understand how much you really love him or her, you are likely to tell the person, I love you with all my heart. That means with everything from deep inside. Notice that you never tell the person, I love you with all my liver. I love you with all my kidneys. I love you with all my intestines. Both large and small. You don't say things like that. But I tell the person, I love you with all my heart. And you are trying to get the person to understand that the love is deep. When he says, love God with all your soul, it means to love him deliberately. It means to love him willingly. It means to love him consciously. And when he says to love God with all your mind, it means to love him even in your thoughts and with your intellect and in your intelligence. Now, Jesus did not end there. He added a jara to the first one. He said, This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. In other words, you ask for one. But there is another one which is like the first one. And I must bring that up as well. Because they are greatly connected. You cannot delink or decouple them. But you must understand that this other one is also very important. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now your neighbor is anybody around you. Your neighbor is not just somebody you live close to. Your neighbor is not just somebody you sit by in class. But your neighbor is really anybody around you. He or she may be known to you or you may not know the person. But anybody around you, anybody you meet, anybody you encounter is your neighbor. And especially anybody who is in need that you have an opportunity to help out. That person is your neighbor. And so Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. What is the summary of what Jesus said to this man? The summary is this. That it all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at another scripture. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, reading from verse 1 to 3, New Living Translation. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels 
So that means you can speak Ghana, you can speak Chi, you can speak French, you can speak Greek, you can speak Ewe, you can speak Spanish, and you also can speak tongues. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong I will only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Hit your cymbals for me. Hit it. Hit it. It's okay. Now that thing that he just did is an irritation. It is annoying. And what the Bible is saying that if you can speak all the languages on the earth and you can pray powerful tongues and you don't love others you are an irritation you are an annoyance he goes on to say if I had the gifts of prophecy and if I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Think about it. When you have somebody who prophesies, who is able to speak powerful prophecies and gives accurate word of knowledge. If you have somebody who has exceedingly great faith, faith that is able to move mountains, faith that is able to raise the dead, Faith that is able to do great miracles. And such a person doesn't have love. The Bible says that person is nothing. Now we will describe that person as spiritual. We see such people as very spiritual. And we hold them in with high reverence. And we greatly respect them. Because of their achievements. Because of their accomplishments. Because of the great church they have built. Because of the huge congregation they have. Because of the things God is using them to do. But the Bible is saying something shocking. That they may do all of these things. And you may see them as spiritual. But if they don't have love. They are nothing. It means that the most spiritual one. Is the one who works in love. Hallelujah. Amen. It continues. It continues. If I gave everything I have to the poor. And even sacrificed my body. And the King James says, I give my body to be burnt. Now that's a very wild thing. That is, you are ready to sacrifice yourself. 
the early church and the first disciples there were many of them who lost their lives because of their faith many were bent at the stake there were others who were thrown into a circles of lions with people sitting by and watching and laughing and cheering on. And they gave their lives. They died for their faith. And the Bible is saying that if even I sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Think about it. Everything you have, you sell it. You sell it. And you bring the money to be used to help others. To assist poor people. And then you are prepared to die for the faith. I wonder how many of us are prepared to die for what we believe in. And it's not an ordinary death that they shoot you and you die instantly. But this one, you are being burnt alive. Even small injection, it is a problem for you. I saw a clip of an Asian old man that they were trying to inject. Oh! All he kept saying, hello! 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 Then you fall to the ground. Hello! Hello! Look! That he did that. The, the, the nurse couldn't inject him. I'm talking about an adult. Not a little child. He couldn't take a simple injection. I'm not talking about injection. I'm talking about a readiness to give your life and to be bent alive. And the Bible is saying that even if you do that and you don't have love and you don't love others you will arrive in heaven. And before God, that thing that you did, it is it is nothing. What is this telling us again? The message is simple. That it all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. And I want to say to you today, Jesus was revealing to us what is the most important thing? We have to learn not to be impressed by what human beings find impressive. We have to learn not to be moved or fascinated by the standards of men. But what must be of great concern to us is what God finds most important. What God finds most essential. What God finds most critical. And it is be revealed clearly to us. God in his word is showing us 
that if you want to get A plus, if you want to get excellent, when we are graded, then our focus, our concentration, our drive must be to walk in love and to live a love life. This love is multidirectional. Firstly, it is directed upwards or vertically. And it is about loving God. And then it is also horizontal. And it is directed towards loving others. Loving your neighbor. So it's directed up towards God. And then it is directed towards your neighbor. And God is making it clear to us that the most important thing that we should strive for is to love God and to love our neighbors. Now, loving God can be a little tricky because God is not visible. He's an invisible God. But how do you love an invisible God? There are things we can talk about. But I want to direct your attention to one of the clear ways that you can assure yourself that you actually love God. That you have love for God. And that is the second commandment which is to love your neighbor. Because loving your neighbor and loving your neighbor the way God wants us to love one another. That love is the God kind of love. If you check the original Greek text, the word there is agapao. And that word means the God kind of love. It is the love that says, I love you in spite of. It is the love that says, you are so unlovable, but I still love you. It is a love that says that you are so some way, but I still love you. That kind of love is unconditional. And that is the God kind of love. And that is the love that God has loved us with. And it is that love that God commended to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this is the kind of love that God wants us to walk in in relation to one another. Because you must understand that there are different types of love. There is Eros love that has to do with romantic or erotic love that is the love that you have for somebody that you are drawn and attracted to physically or romantically or erotically there's another kind of love which is brotherly love or the love that you have for friends these are different types of love but that is not what the Bible is talking about. And so when we are supposed to love our neighbors, 
as ourselves. It is talking about the God kind of love. Which is unconditional. Which is a decision. Which says I love you in spite of. And that is a kind of love God is requiring of us. Now that kind of love. If God, if you don't love God, it will be very difficult to walk in it. Because you see, God is love. And when he saves us, he sheds that love in our hearts. Giving us the potential to walk in this kind of love. Every one of us, if you are truly born again, and if you are truly a child of God, you have the ability to love others. But the choice is yours. The decision is yours. Because this kind of love, it is not based on feelings. It is not based on nice circumstances. It is a decision that I'm going to love. And I'm explaining to you that God wants us to love one another. And if we love one another in the way God wants us to do, it is a sign and an indication of our love for God. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Tell your neighbor again, it all comes down to love. 1 John chapter 4. Reading from verse 19. King James Version. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 19. It says we love him. Because he first loved us. Did you sing this song at Sunday school? Oh how I love Jesus. Oh how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. That's what makes the love of God so amazing. We can love him and we can love others because God first loved us. It continues. If a man says, I love God and hated his brother, or hated his sister. He is a liar. There's a song like that, right? So because Again. Again. It's a Jama song as well, eh? One more time. Yeah, For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have we from him. That he who loveth God. Loveth his brother also. In other words your love for your brother your love for your sister your love for your neighbor 
is a revelation and it's a manifestation of your love for God. If you love God, you will love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor in the way God wants you to love him or her, it is an indication of your love for God. Show me your love for your neighbor. And I'll be convinced of your love for God. If I don't see you walking in love towards your neighbor, then you cannot convince me that you love God. And so if you want to be certain about your love for God, then you got to assess your love for your neighbor and your love for others. That is what will help you to see whether you are really fulfilling this great commandment to love God. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. And so we want to ask ourselves as we are closing. Remember that it all comes down to love. So I want to ask ourselves, what is love? What is this love? Which seems to be the most important thing to God. If we want God to be happy with us. If we want God to like us. Oh yes, I know that we talk about faith as being something that you must operate in if you want God to be pleased with you. But I'm showing you something that is even greater than faith. Because the Bible says there remains three things. Faith. Hope. And love. And it goes on to say. But the greatest of them all. Is love. I said the greatest of them all. Is love. So it appears that that is the most important thing to God. And if you want God to be happy with us. Then we must advance and progress in our love work. In our love life. So what is love? Many years ago, I read somewhere that love is the feeling you feel. When you feel, you want to feel a feeling that you've never felt before. Love is a feeling you feel. When you feel, you want to feel a feeling you've never felt before. Love is a feeling you feel. When you feel, you want to feel a feeling you've never felt before. <laughs> and I can understand why he's confused. <laughs> because it's just words. <laughs> it doesn't mean much. So that's not what love is. I'm so glad that the Bible has made it clear to us what love is. I'm not talking about romantic love. <laughs> I'm not talking about brotherly love. I'm not talking about the love for friends. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Which is the love God is alluding to when he says we should love him and we should love our neighbor. Love is a very difficult thing to define actually. But thank God that there are things you can look out for. When you see those things, then you know that you're dealing with love. 
So love has certain characteristics. And when you see those characteristics, or when you see those features, then you know that what you're dealing with is probably love. First Corinthians chapter 13. Reading from verse 4. It all comes down to love. And love is explained to us here. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It keeps no record of being wronged. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It does not rejoice about injustice. But rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages. And special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. I said last love will last forever. Love will last forever. In this short passage. God has been so kind to us to reveal us what love is. And there are 15 things that are mentioned there. Love is patient. Write it down. Love is patient. Number two, love is kind. Number two, love is not jealous. Number four, love is not boastful. Number five, love is not proud. Number six, love is not rude. Seven, love does not demand its own way. Number eight, love is not irritable. Number nine, love does not keep a record of being wronged. Number ten, love does not rejoice about injustice. Eleven, love rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Twelve, love never gives up. Thirteen, love never loses faith. 14. Love is always hopeful. 
And the last one, love endures through every circumstance. When you see these things, and you walk in these things, that is when you can say to yourself, that I'm walking in love. That I'm showing love to my neighbor, to the people around me. Look at them again. Love is patient. To be patient means to be able to wait for a long time. To be patient means you are not tired of waiting. If you really love somebody, then what you do is that you are patient with the person. You give the person time. You give the person time. It takes time for people to become better. Sometimes it takes a lot of time before people change. It is true that some people may not change. But it's still immaterial. Our duty is to be patient with people. Because that is what love is. And so we must be patient with one another. Husbands must be patient with their wives. Wives must be patient with their husbands. Employers must be patient with their employees. Parents must be patient with their children. Children must be patient with their parents. Pastors must be patient with their church members. Church members must be patient with their pastors. Because where there is patience, there is love. I said where there is patience, there is love. If you ask me what love is, my answer is that love is patient. Love is kind. It means that love is considerate. To be considerate means to have regard for another's feelings. Or another circumstance. That is what it means to be kind. When you are kind, you are helpful. And when you are kind, you, you are considerate of other people and what they are going through. So that when you are dealing with people, you just don't deal with them with a very strong hand. Without trying to understand their situation. Without trying to understand their circumstances. You just don't dismiss people. You just don't write people off. If you love them, you be kind to them. And you be considerate. Yesterday I was telling the couple, I officiated a wedding yesterday. One of our very own. At a beautiful wedding ceremony. And when I was ministering, I explained to the husband, that you got to be kind to your wife. Give him a practical illustration of kindness. Kindness is when you want to eat fufu. 
And you and your wife are the only people in the house. And you don't like the fufu that they can. But you like the fufu that they wore. And the only two of you in the house. She's in the kitchen. Somebody's beautiful daughter. Her arms are very nice. Now her arm is in danger of looking like the arm of a wrestler. Because of you. Because when it's time for the fufu, she is worrying and kind. And then you, the husband, you are sitting in front of the television, changing from Super Sports 3 to Super Sports 4. And the team that you are watching to, called Manchester United, is one of the most lousy teams in the world. And I don't know why I still support them. It pains me bad that I support them. Why don't I support Liverpool? I've done, sir. It's not working. I decide I won't watch them again. When I saw the results of their match yesterday, I said to myself, Oh, you are. You can't beat Southampton. What team are you? You are watching a team that is losing. And your beautiful wife is all alone. Then you be shouting from the hall. Adua, Adua, Fufuninga, ready. Fufuninga, ready, Anna. Who ya to? And that answer we tell Kocha Kakro. Love is kind. Although ewa yemiye. That's when you rise up from behind the television and forget about your team that is losing and go to the kitchen and say, darling. I can't allow you to do this all by yourself. I'm coming to war for you so that you will come for me. That's love. And love is kind. I said love is kind. When you don't leave all the work in the house for the woman to do from morning till evening that thing has entered into your head that the wife is man's registered servant. They say that is what Mrs. stands for. I reject that interpretation because it is not true. If you are kind, you will help out. If you scrub the bathroom, you will not die. If you clean the toilet, you will not die. If you do the laundry, you will not die. If you iron the clothes, you will not die. And any husband who is insulting me, I don't care. Because I got a microphone. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Now, when you are jealous, you are resentful of somebody's advantage and success. But why you bore? Somebody has gotten married. You are not yet married. You are sitting there. I don't know the brothel of this, but who bought the brothel? But you know what it means to go in Ichi. And they are sitting there. 
And your dress is not nice. Hey. What hair have they fixed on your head? And the way you are even walking. You look like a, spar- a sparrow. <laughs> That is just about to fly. But why? Because somebody is getting married. You bore. <laughs> Tell the person sitting by you, please stop those things. Make you no bore. Tell the person that I am happy for you when you are blessed. I know that my time will come as I'm happy for you. God will make a way for me. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. Love is not boastful. When you are boastful, you speak with excessive pride about yourself about your achievements and you do so in a way to make somebody else feel inferior and you make somebody else feel that he or she is nothing that is not love so when you are with people don't keep blowing your own horn. Don't be insensitive to what they are going through and what they are experiencing. Don't say to them, oh me, everything that I'm doing is working well. Don't say to them, hey, you are still in the marriage. Well, I, mean, I can't stay in this thing. I don't accept such nonsense. As you say these things, you make the person feel like a fool. And if it is love, you don't speak in that way. Love is not proud. When you are proud, you have a very high opinion of your own importance. You feel that you are the one and only. There's nobody else like you. None before you, none after you. There's a certain kind of love called hubris. Now, this is based on a certain excessive confidence and arrogance which makes a person think that I cannot do any wrong. Have you met people like that? People? People like that are always on other people's cases. And to them, they can never do wrong. Everything about them is correct or perfect. Anybody who is like that is not working in love. And anybody who is like that is not spiritual. I don't care how many dead people you have raised. I don't care how many miracles you have performed. I can say emphatically to you, that if you treat people in that way, you don't have love. Love is not rude. You just don't talk to people anyway, anyhow. Even if you are high there and somebody is low there, you respect the person. You treat the person with a lot of respect. Love does not demand its own way. That is what you want is what must always be done. It's like your ideas are the best ideas. Everything must be done your way. And when you don't get your own way, you grow wild. And you begin to 
hate out at people and you begin to treat them in a certain way that is not love because love does not demand its own way love is not irritable that means you are not easily provoked or easily angered it's like when we are with you we have to thread cautiously it's like we have to walk on eggshells if you say and you don't say it well no problem it's like every small thing then you jigad do you know jiga? Jiga. every small thing now we jiga and so it's very difficult to live with you and to relate with you when you're walking in love you are not easily jigged you don't keep a record of being wrong there are some people they have a very complex filing system so in their minds their minds are arranged into compartments these compartments have people's names people who have hurt them people who have offended them and they have a record the date the time the venue the circumstances well arranged and they can refer to you 13th February 13th February 2019 you did this to me I told you that I doesn't like that and you have repeated it again I've taken note of it there are some people they have book that they've written the sins of people some of them have computerized it so they have a folder Hmm? a folder the name of the folder is those who have hurt me and offended me then in the folder there are subfolders subfolders and the subfolders bear the names of the people who have offended and hurt them when you go into the folder there are files and the file has a date and a day and then when you go into the file detailed records he did this she did this she did that what kind of person are you even God the Bible says of him oh God if thou shouldest mark iniquity who shall stand but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be fierce now that's God and that's love and if you love you do not keep a record of wrong it goes on and on and on but my time is up but as you live here today let this continue to ring in your mind and in your heart that on this day of love it all comes down to love if there's one area of your life that you must strive to be an overcomer in it is in the area of love our relationship with one another how we treat one another 
They used to say of the early church that they really love one another. May the same be said of us here that we really love one another. That your problem will be my problem. Your situation will be of concern to me. I cannot detach and disconnect from what you are going through and what you are experiencing. Because it all comes down to love. When you walk in love, you make a difference in your life. One day, in a certain institute, a teacher was teaching his students. And then one of the students asked him, what is the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? And then he opened his wallet and took out a piece of mirror and he showed it to the students. He said, one day, I was walking somewhere. I was a little child, about six years old. And I came across these broken pieces of mirror on the floor. I gathered them. I tried to put them together. But I couldn't. I held on to this particular one. I rubbed it on a stone. Smoothing the edge. And I've kept it with me. He said I used to play with it. And one of the things I used to do is that I'll take that mirror and then let the light rays fall on it. Then I'll direct it into dark holes. Into dark places. And it used to make me happy. I have kept this mirror because it teaches me the meaning of life. I can't do it all. But like this mirror, wherever I am, I want to make a difference. I want to shine into somebody's life. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. I can't do it all. But wherever I am, I want to touch lives. I want to affect lives. Maybe when others see that I'm doing that, they will follow suit and do same. So as you do your best, as you show love, and your brother shows love, and the other brother shows love, we will get to a time where we realize that love is having free course. And there's a lot of love. And there's a lot of concern. And there's a lot of interest in one another. May you walk the walk of life. And may you show a love life everywhere that you go. Rise up to your feet. Tell your neighbor it all comes down to love. Hallelujah. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. My brother, my sister, God loves you. And on a day like this, a day that we are dedicating to love, I want to draw your attention to the love of God. That God loves you. And he wants to make a difference in your life. Now, you must respond to the love of God. And you respond to that love by giving your heart to Jesus. 
For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Now today, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, wherever you are, you may be physically present here or you may be watching me through this live streaming. But if you want to give your heart to Jesus, I want to pray with you. Don't leave here without taking this quality decision for your life. And if you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hands. God bless you. It's between you and Jesus. Don't think about your friends. What they think of you. Or what they are saying about you. Lift up your hand very clearly. God bless you. Now if you've lifted your hand. I want you to do one more thing for me. Walk from where you are. And come and meet me in front. I saw you lift your hands. So don't change your mind. But if you lifted your hand. Come right now. Come right now. If you lifted your hand, come right now. Tell yourself, I don't care what anybody thinks, what anybody feels. It's between me and my God. And I'm coming to him today. Oh, keep clapping for them. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're watching me, Wherever you are, I want you to join these others as we pray today. Now, those of you in front here, please pray this prayer with me. And those watching, pray this prayer as well. Say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours. You are mine. I am responding to your love. Let your love fill my heart from today onwards. From today, I will serve you. I will follow you. I will live for you. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Look at me. I'm so happy that you decided to come today and give your heart to Jesus. And today, let me tell you something. God really loves you. Tell you. He loves you more than anybody else loves you. And as you've given your heart to him today, he's going to come and visit you. And you'll be a real part of your life. And your life will never be the same. I want you to be committed to God. And I want you to decide that you'll keep coming to church every Sunday. Give me the honor and the privilege to be your pastor. 
And I believe that God is going to use me and all your brothers and sisters here to bring you closer to God. Get ready because your life will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.